Hey, Incline listeners, looking to start your own podcast? Let me tell you about Anchor. First of all, it's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or your computer. Now, you can even add any song from Spotify directly to your episodes. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so you can have it heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast as well with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Hey everyone, thank you for listening to The Incline. I'm your host, Kevin Klein. You can give me a follow on Twitter at Klein25. It's Thursday, June 13th, and the Los Angeles Dodgers posting a 45-23 and record right now on the season. That puts them nine and a half games ahead of the Colorado Rockies in the NL West. But the bad news is they're coming off a two-game losing streak getting swept on the road by the Angels, losing both games, actually, 5-3. to three. We'll start with last night's game, which featured Kenta Maeda on the mound. And he was on a good bender coming in, but with two outs and two strikes, Shohei Otani was at the plate, get one more strike we're out of the inning however Maeda serves up a home run to Mr. Otani and that wasn't the rest of the damage Justin Bohr ended up hitting a three-run home run in that inning as well and before you know it the Dodgers they're down five nothing after the first one of the bright spots of this game was Max Muncy powering his way for two home runs but the Dodgers bats overall were pretty weak Three for 19 with runners on base. Chris Taylor, 0 for 5 in that game. What really had me irritated was that called third strike he took in the ninth inning. That pitch was way too close to take. When you have runners on base, you got to swing the bat with two strikes and three balls. Chris Taylor now really struggling on the season. He's batting 218. He has a 283 on base percentage. Five home runs. His last seven games, however, he's batting 167. His last 15 games, he's batting 208. And Chris Taylor really hurting this team right now. He's not the only one. There's a lot of fans, including me, who's pretty fed up with Kike Hernandez. He also took a called strike three in that ninth inning. And his reaction to me, honestly, was pretty pathetic. Kike, that pitch was the same exact spot to Chris Taylor. And the way you acted... Acting like that was a ball. Give me a break, dude. You're another slumper. Kike Hernandez batting 215. He's got a 282 on base percentage. 10 home runs. We'll take that. However, in his last seven games, he's batting 161. No walks. Last 15, batting 212. Uh, Kike Hernandez was definitely given the opportunity to be the starting second baseman. 
And at this point, he's kind of blown it. I don't think Kike Hernandez can be the starting baseman at second base every game going forward. He's a utility player. Take it or leave it. We'll get to um, a great player who I think could definitely fill the void at second. But that wasn't the biggest loss last game. Corey Seager, ninth inning, uh, had an opportunity to score when he was running from running two third. Stopped immediately. Everyone knew in the ballpark on and on TV. Seager pulled something. Right now they're rolling it a grade two hamstring strain, and with this type of inter- with this type of injury. Seager, unfortunately, he's going to be out four to six weeks. And that's a really big blow because in his last seven games, Corey Seager was batting 500. Last 15, batting 411. He had quietly, uh, around the Major League Baseball, put put himself into a definite all-star type of role. Batting 278 now on the season with a 359 on base percentage. Unfortunately, Seager will probably be out until the all-star break. Big blow. Um, Unfortunately, it looks like the solutions for short are going to be Kike and Taylor. And that just sucks because both guys are really struggling. And I really hope one of them is able to pick it up because this Dodgers offense in general, slumping hardcore. As I said, three for 19 with runners on base. That's not going to get the job done. We had numerous opportunities to defeat the Angels. After that 5 nothing, they posted in the first. The relievers, the starters, they were trying to let us back into the game, and the Dodgers' bats couldn't convert. The first game of the series, the Dodgers actually were leading that game 3 nothing, And there was a turning point in this game where they had a first and third, nobody out, couldn't convert. This was their chance to put away the Angels. Cole Calhoun mentioned him before in a different podcast. Always seems to do damage against the Dodgers. Hit a home run. That's fine, you know. Dodgers, just like the other game, had runners on base. Could have scored more runs, put the Angels away. But no, they decided to keep the Angels in the game. And we get to the bottom of the seventh inning. Ross Stripling doing a pretty good job. Got two outs. There was a batter who reached base. And Mike Trout came to the plate. And the fact is, Mike Trout was 5 for 5 in the past against Ross Stripling. And so Dave Roberts did not hesitate one second. He brought Dylan Floro into the game, took out Stripling, and not a great decision because immediately Mike Trout hits the game-tying two-run home run, knots it up 3-3, and... Dylan Floro, here's some stats. In his last four innings pitched, this is over seven games, he has a 15.75 ERA with a 2.75 whip with only one strikeout. His last 15 appearances, he's gone 12 and a third innings, ERA of 5.84, a 1.46 whip, and 10 strikeouts. If Floro... Does not If you don't think Floral looks gassed out there, these stats definitely back up my claim that I think Floral needs a phantom IL stint. He looks gassed. 
And that's not even my main beef with putting Floro in. Ross Stripling was pitching just fine. You know what you do when Trout's at the plate? Intentionally walk him. There is no shame in walking the best player on the planet. I was so pissed. I ended up posting a little rant on Twitter. You can go check that video out. That was following the first game's loss. And I'm a little heated tonight just in general because I ordered a pita wrap from a Mediterranean restaurant. They messed up on my order. Somehow they didn't give me pita bread on my pita wrap. Instead, it was regular white bread. I'm not going to throw this business under the bus because I'm all about supporting your small local business. I don't want to put them out. But how do you mess up on a pita wrap and give me white bread with flavorless chicken? That is just a chicken sandwich. That is not a wrap. But anyways, you got to walk Mike Trout because following Mike Trout was crippled old man Albert Pujols who can barely run to first to begin with. I guarantee Pujols is not hitting a three-run homer to put the Angels ahead. Everyone should have saw the Mike Trout home run coming. I knew my gut told me it was happening. Moving forward, when there's clutch situation like that, you got to walk the batter. Teams in the past walked Barry Bonds, no hesitation. Mike Trout is better than Barry Bonds. Come on, Dave Roberts, you're better than that. Walk Mike Trout. Make old man Albert Pujols, who is like 50, not really, but his body makes it seem like he's 50, beat you. Don't let the best player on the planet beat you. Make it someone else. That is what they do in the NBA, the NFL. Apply it in baseball, please. So, yeah, anyways, now we're in a tied game. And Mr. Bobblehead Knight, Joe Kelly, comes into the game. And, I mean, if you've watched any Joe Kelly appearance in any leverage situation, you would know he's been absolute garbage. Well, Joe Kelly proved again he is trash. This is Joe Kelly's season stats. And... Remember, we signed him for three years, so this is year one. Well, Joe Kelly now is 1-3, a 7.59 ERA, over 22 appearances. The K rate is high. Like, I'll give him that. However, I think it's a little inflated because there's been a lot of Joe Kelly garbage time appearances. He has a 25% strikeout rate. Pretty good. However, he has an awful walk rate of almost 11%, and the batted ball in play is 377. The only guy who has a higher batted ball in play that's pitched for the Dodgers this year was Brock Stewart. Anyways, Kelly comes in. He's completely wild. Runners are on base. He's throwing wild pitches. Before you know it, it's 5-3, Angels. That's the ball game. I don't know what Dave Roberts was thinking, putting Joe Kelly in the game when it's tied. At this point... He's just surrendering. That was a weak move. I'm sick of Joe Kelly. He's got to go. There's no hope. He's not going to turn it around, guys. There is no indication whatsoever Joe Kelly is going to be trusted in the playoffs. He sucked against the Astros. You might have thought he was good in every series. Go back. Watch the Houston series. He sucked against the Astros. That's all I care about. The Dodgers, more often than not, are going to let bad pitchers beat them in the clutch. So I'm really not surprised that... We were getting fool's gold from Joe Kelly. Last week, I threw out a few guys in trade scenarios of who the Dodgers need to pick up at the deadline. The main guy is Ken Giles. 
Unfortunately, he went on the aisle yesterday with some elbow inflammation. He says it's only going to be a 10-day stint. Let's hope so. Anyways, Ken Giles, he's my go-to guy. Really want the Dodgers to acquire him. Guy can throw a 99 to 100. He's a wicked slider. His ERA is basically one. He's also got insane reverse splits where left-handers basically can't touch him whatsoever. The right-handers doing a little damage to him, but overall not giving up the home runs, striking out a lot of batters. That insane low ERA, as mentioned, he has playoff experience. Yeah, he was bad with the Astros, but he won't be closing. If the Dodgers and Astros meet in the World Series, you got to believe Ken Giles will be seeking revenge on his mind. I'm ready to give up Ross Stripling, Edwin Rios, maybe another prospect. Some people said that was too much. I completely disagree. There's going to be a lot of teams competing around the deadline for these top relievers. And, you know, there's going to be a little premium on the Dodgers because they've made back-to-back World Series, so teams are going to expect a little more. Also hurts us that these teams know we have a deep farm. So if I'm the Dodgers, I'm willing to pay a little extra for these great relievers because the bullpen needs it badly. Brad Hand, another name I see floating around. However, I don't know if that's going to happen because it was just a year ago where the Indians gave up Francisco Mejia to acquire him, and he was basically their top prospect, so I assume the Indians would want a lot in return for Brad Hand. Uh, Will Smith, Tony Watson, two Giants relievers. That would be great to acquire. We'll see if that could happen. But yeah, anyways, moving on. The Dodgers, they got a series coming up with the Cubs. It's going to be four games at Dodger Stadium. This is going to be kicking off a pretty long homestand. After the Cubs, you're going to see a lot of NL West opponents. Anyways, the Chicago Cubs coming into the season, they're 38-29. and 29. Their manager is still Joe Madden. Dodgers faced the Cubs earlier this season in Wrigley. The Cubs did end up winning two of those three games. And, yeah, we got a, quest- we got a question from the 10th man. Pretty good question. He basically asked, the Cubs got off to a better start than most expected. Now they have secured Craig Kimbrell for their closer. Are they once again the biggest threat to ending the Dodgers run of the NL crown? Great question. And based off these current roster constructions, I would definitely say yes. The Chicago Cubs are the biggest threat to the Dodgers right now. Not the Brewers, not the Phillies, not the Rockies. Can't be the Cardinals at this point. It's got to be the Chicago Cubs. And where do I start? Yes, here we go. So the Cubs have actually pretty good pitching. They're fifth in baseball with a team ERA of 391 see some people acting like the Cubs have pretty awful pitching. That's a false narrative. Cubs have a pretty great rotation. We're going to go over these guys in a minute. They won't be facing Cole Hamels, which is a good thing because historically in the past, Cole Hamels has had a good track record against the Dodgers. Cubs, when it comes to offense, they're pretty average. About middle of the road, 15th in team batting average. 
Uh, they're up there in about 11th or 12th right now in team runs scored. As I mentioned before, a good rotation. When it comes to their bullpen, they just upgraded, so we'll think, with Craig Kimbrell. He's not going to be in the series. He's still got to get in shape. But their bullpen is basically about on par to what the Dodgers is. Cubs is 15th in baseball with a 4.30 ERA. Dodgers are right behind them. They got guys like Pedro Strope, Steve Ciszek, Mike Montgomery, um, Kinsler, who he is a former closer. All these guys are pretty viable. So if the Cubs do get the leads in any of these games, it's definitely not likely they're going to blow it. So anyways, the Cubs, they've won... Um, They've just come off a good series with the Colorado Rockies. They beat them yesterday, 10-1 to 1 in core. So let's get to Joe Kelly bobblehead, bobblehead night. Thursday's matchup features Clayton Kershaw on the mound. He's 5-1 and one with a 3 ERA. Take it on John Lester, who's got a 5-4 and four record, 3.56 ERA. He's coming off two straight wins and... He's been a kind of a thorn in the Dodgers' side in the past. These lefties, they give the L.A. Dodger bats some issues. Cody Bellinger, surprisingly, he's 4-7 for seven against Lester with a home run. Austin Barnes, pretty slumpish guy right now, but in the past, 2-5 for five against Lester. And David Fries, he's seen Lester for 32 at-bats, and he's got a 281 batting average. Um... Not too many Cubs. They have not too many Cubs have good success against Clayton Kershaw, but there is one guy who's three for eight with a home run, and that's Javier Baez. Might as well just get this out there now. Javier Baez kills the Dodgers already this season. He's batting four fifty five against us, and he has two home runs. Last season in twenty eighteen, he batted five thirty eight with two home runs as well. If that's not killing a team then you're going to you're going to have to look elsewhere because this guy year after year whether it's on defense or offense seems to crush the Dodgers hopes and dreams look out for Javier Baez he's the top hitter in this series to keep your keep on your watch list the next game will feature Rich Hill he's 3 and 1 he's got a 2.40 ERA and so far in the month of June, off to a great start. He's got a 150 June ERA. And this team, in the past, the Cubs' current hitters, they've only batted 136 off Rich Hill. So Hill's had their number in the past. And he's going to take on Kyle Hendricks, the Newport Peach guy. Also went to Dartmouth for his college degree. Hendricks on the season, he's 7-4. and four. He's got a 3 ERA. However, in the past, he's gotten completely rocked at Dodger Stadium. He has a 6-52 ERA. Justin Turner, 3-for-8 with a home run. Max Muncy, 2-for-4 with a home run. Both these guys have crushed Hendricks in the past. You know, Hendricks, he's a pretty... He 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 relies heavily on his changeup, and he he doesn't throw too hard. It's usually in the upper 80s, low 90s. 
works more off that location and deception right-handed arm that the Dodgers just seem to have owned. Let's hope that continues on moving forward. Third game of this series, Walker Buehler, he's 7-1. and one. He's got a 335 ERA, so he's definitely turning his season around. You know, at one point his ERA was close to 5. It was like 480. Well, now he's down to 335. Buehler has been electric over his last few starts. However... In the past, he has a career 1080 ERA against the Chicago Cubs. He faced them earlier this season. It did not go well. I remember he faced them last season. It was considered like a rehab relief appearance. Totally blew the game. That was on a Clayton Kershaw start. Bueller, you know, despite having a 279 career ERA at Dodger Stadium, the Cubs are just a team that seemed to get to him. And Chris Bryant, a guy, little success, two for three. Um, Carlos Gonzalez, now he's on the Cubs, you know, former Rocky. He's seen Bueller quite a bit. He's like three for 12. And uh, in 40, 40 at bats, Walker Bueller has only struck out seven Cubs. So that's not very high whatsoever. And. He'll be taking on a very familiar name, and that's you, Darvish. Yes, this is going to be you, Darvish's first start at Dodger Stadium since Game 7 of the 2017 World Series. And 2-3 and three record right now, 498 ERA, and a whip of 148. He's coming off two starts against the Rockies. No decision in either of them. And because he was an American League guy most of his career, the Dodgers don't really have many plate appearances against you, Darvish. I'm very excited for this series. I know a lot of people agree, some will disagree, but you, Darvish, blew the World Series. For the Dodgers, it wasn't Game 7 where he blew it. It was Game 3. And yes, Game 7 he also blew, but Game 3 was the one that really was the turning point. Because you Darvish couldn't even go three innings, he completely gassed the bullpen. They never recovered from that point on. We saw it in Game 5. They were completely wiped out. Game 7, you Darvish did not show up again. And because of this guy, the Dodgers were not the 2017 world champions. So I'm really hoping Dodger fans give you Darvish the boo treatment. He deserves it. He's not a Dodger hero. He's a villain. He said some bad things about the Dodgers after leaving. He said when he joined the Cubs, his goal is to beat the Dodgers. He didn't want his kids to go to a Dodger. Uh, sorry, he didn't want his kids to go to an L.A. elementary school because he was worried they were gonna get boo- They were gonna get bullied. And you know what, you Darvish, you're a coward to me. I hope the Dodgers kick your ass. I don't like you. You're my least favorite player in baseball. Moving on. Final game of the series will feature Hunjin Ryu. He just pitched against the Angels. Keeping that ERA pretty low. He's got a 9-1 record, a 136 ERA, and he's taking on Jose Quintana, who's 4-6 with a 389 ERA. Now, Quintana, he matches up really good in favor of the Dodgers. 
You know, he's a lefty that doesn't throw too hard. About 92-93 on average. And David Freese, definitely a bat to look out for. As well as, you know, all the right-handers. Kike Hernandez, Chris Taylor. They've had some success against Quintana. Justin Turner. There were a lot of guys that were batting over 300 to 400 against Quintana. And this would be a great way to cap off the series. On the other hand, Anthony Rizzo, he's got a little success off Hunjin Rio, three for nine. Carlos Gonzalez, somehow he has a little success as well, reverse splits there. So, you know, ultimately, it's Javier Baez we got to watch out for. After that, I would probably say Chris Bryant and then. Close but not close but no cigar, you know, Anthony Rizzo and Wilson Contreras, their catcher. Other than that, you know, Carlos Gonzalez could somehow get a hit in a big way because he's seen the Dodgers a lot in the past. And, you know, Albert Almora Jr., right handed bat who can hit lefties, so look for him in the lineup when it's Kershaw or Hill or even, you know, Ryu. That's three lefties for the Cubs. Ultimately, I think the Cubs match up better um, against right-handed starters somehow. Javier Baez seems to hit them better, as well as Chris Bryant. But it's going to be a fun series. Definitely some bragging rights on the line. This could be an NLCS preview. Cubs beat us in Chicago, so the LA's got to return the favor, beat them at Dodger Stadium. Dodgers and Cubs, they faced in the 2016 and 2017 NLCS. We'll see if that happens again in 2019. At this point, you know, you got to think the Cubs are going to make some more moves around the deadline. Maybe they add another reliever. Also feel like they could add an outfielder, Jason Hayward. You know, he's not the greatest. And so, yeah. That leads me to the next guy that I feel like the Dodgers need to give a hard look at come trade deadline season, and that's Whit Merrifield. Yeah, Whit Merrifield, second baseman for the Kansas City Royals, age 30 now. He's still in his prime. I mean, he's a late bloomer. He only started making an impact in the 2017 season. And for Whit Merrifield... Not only can he play second base, he's pretty much a utility guy. He plays outfield. He can play first. Not sure if he can play third, but wouldn't surprise me. And he just signed an extension with the Royals. I think it's for four years, but it's pretty cheap. He's making something like $10 million a year. Not going to break the bank. I got some thoughts. A lot of people seem very excited about acquiring Whit Merrifield. For whatever reason, he's not hitting left-handed pitching very well, despite... Being a right-handed bat, he's only hitting about 208 against lefties. However, just a season ago, he was batting 357 against left-handed pitching. So that's definitely some kind of thing I feel could get fixed. Whit Merrifield is the perfect example of a leadoff hitter. He can take walks. When he gets on base, he's fast. He can steal bags. He's In the past, he's stolen more than 30 bases. Hits for contact. He has a great eye. You know, speedy, as I just said, he can beat out a throw. And he fills that missing link 
that we haven't had since D. Gordon at second base. There's a lot of players I'm willing to give up for Whit Merrifield because I think he would be worth it. And some people threw out the idea of Nick Castellanos as well. Great right-handed bat who can hit left-handed pitching. Only problem is he's going to play outfield, so that's going to require the Dodgers to move Ballinger to first, most likely. And then, you know, Muncy could be second baseman. Uh, some people threw out Scooter Jeanette, I saw, but the problem with that is he's been injured all season, and who knows how long it's going to take for him to get into shape. And then don't forget, A.J. Pollock, he's going to come back soon, I would hope. He's set to rehab in just a few days. I believe, and who knows how long he'll be rehabbing for. But when A.J. Pollock returns, that's another outfielder for the Dodgers to bat, you know, every day, I would hope. So Whit Merrifield, definitely a guy I think the Dodgers need to give a hard look at. After the Cubs series, the Dodgers will take on the San Francisco Giants again. And I don't know if we're going to see Madison Bumgarner we might just miss him. You know, it was pretty epic that Muncie hit that home run into McCovey Cove and they had that whole little back and forth argument. Drew Pomeranz, I wouldn't be surprised if he's going to face the Dodgers. This is a revenge spot for the LA Bats. You know, Pomeranz was coming into that start where he had like a 19.6 ERA in the month of May. Completely shuts the Dodgers out. Unacceptable. Um, funny stuff is, you know, when Joe Panic bats, he looks like a Buster Posey smurf to me. Pablo Sandoval, I refer to him as the fat panda. Brandon Crawford, dude has weird greasy hair. I don't know what's going on there. Bruce Boshi, final farewell season for him. I think the Dodgers, they're going to match up pretty well at home. No longer in Oracle where we seem to suck. Dodgers should take care of business against the Giants. After that, we're going to see the D-backs, then the Rockies. So just some showdowns with the NOS. It's going to be fun stuff. Going around Major League Baseball, I noticed just a few days ago that an MLB record was set for a nine-inning game, 13 home runs in one game. That was between the Arizona Diamondbacks and the Philadelphia Phillies in Philadelphia. I saw a crazy stat just this morning, actually, where we're on pace for the most home runs hit in a season again. It's, I think it's on pace to beat 2017's record by like 500 or something. Ridiculous. And I don't know how other people feel about this, but I feel like the ball is heavily juiced at this point. I don't know. If it's good for the game, I know a lot of people love home runs. As they say, chicks dig the long ball. But there are some weird swings going on where these batters are barely making contact with the baseball, and it's flying out of the ballpark. There was a game just not too long ago where Todd Frazier literally was on his knee and with one arm hit the baseball over the wall for a home run. You know, that Shohei Otani home run looked like he barely made contact. That ball went flying. Same with Justin Bohr. 
So I don't know what's going on, but I think the ball's juiced a little too heavily where all these guys all of a sudden, like Tommy LaStella, they're power hitters. And yeah, speaking of the Angels, thank you, Jane, for joining me on that last podcast. Seemed like a lot of stuff we predicted between the Dodgers and Angels did go down. Looking forward to you coming back in July when the Dodgers can hopefully get some revenge. But other than that, you know, the Dodgers, still a good team. Got the best record in the NL. Definitely some things they got to work on. Bellinger's got to break out of his slump. Peterson, he's another guy in his slump. Max Muncie on fire. Corey Seager, get well soon. Justin Turner, keep doing what you're doing. You're the heart and soul of this team. To that Mediterranean place that messed up on my sandwich, best of luck to you. I don't think I'm coming back, but when a guy orders a pita wrap, we expect it to be in pita bread. Dodgers bullpen, it's got to do better. Caleb Ferguson, he's now back in the bullpen with Scott Alexander going on the IL. Apparently Scott Alexander had a bad elbow for two weeks. It's like, where were, where was this two weeks ago? Why didn't you say anything? Why are you pitching hurt, man? Uh, kind of aggrav- aggravates me. Julio Urias, he's looking good as a reliever. That's a good sign. Kenley Jansen, not blowing saves. Got to be happy with that. Other than that, you know, the Dodgers, they got to beat the Cubs. Cubs fans were voted the most annoying fans. So it'll do due justice for everyone for the Dodgers to stick it in the Cubs' face. We don't want them to fly the W. We want them to fly the L. We don't want to hear that stupid Go Cubs Go song. You know, the more I think about it, the Cubs are pretty obnoxious. They've won one World Series in 109 years or something, and they just can't shut up about it. It's like once you win your second or third, then you can talk. All right, other than that, thank you all for listening. You can follow me on Twitter at Klein25. Let's kick this homestand off the right way. I think it's 11 games. Go Dodgers. The incline out. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. 
that crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.